It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, July 14th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is wondering if we have a Tony D'Angelo problem. I wonder, too. We're going to get into a lack of a trades effect on the salary cap, the Flyers blue line, and prospect development all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are also on Instagram and threads at Locked On Flyers. You can subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, just a bit of small news before we get to our Tony D'Angelo problem conversation. Uh, The Flyers are doing their community caravan again, uh, starting with a trip down the shore next week and then they'll do a date july 26th at the flyers training center uh, and then do some stops around pennsylvania leading up into rookie camp in august i like it yeah it's nice that they uh they get around if they stop by my house i'd come out and say hi but it looks like they're not gonna so you know <laughs> Well, that may be a little bit too much to ask to have it right is it really too much to ask that. i'm not sure um we'll see about that in the future you should uh you should write to the flyers and ask them yeah i'll I'll text jonesy all right uh the phantom schedule also came out um i think you know looking at it i was looking especially for those three games in a row weekends Um, And I think that the biggest part of the schedule that's going to be a problem is the tail end of the calendar. So there's two, three days in a row weekends in March and two in April. So it's going to be a tough finish out to the season for them, especially if they're in a playoff race. I mean, I look at it personally. Personally, I'm just looking at which West Coast games are are happening and what my sleep schedule is like. But I get what you're saying as far as the team goes. That That is going to be difficult. Well, luckily with the AHL, they don't travel out west. So there you go. I think um, the furthest they travel might be Belleville. Yeah, I think Toronto. Belleville is it. That's true. You're right. Yeah, they don't go to so, Coachella or anything. That's a good point. No, no. So the season starts out versus Cleveland and Belleville at home. But then the next 10 games are versus only Springfield, Hartford, and Hershey. Oof. Uh, so that'll be a tough 10 games for the Phantoms. And there's no Wilkes-Barre-Scranton games at all at home or on the road until January. So That seems odd. Yeah, it does. Uh, very weird schedule for the Phantoms this year, but we're looking forward to covering them as we do on our Phantoms Tuesday episodes uh, when that kicks back up in the fall. So looking at the Tony D'Angelo problem, Russ, I think that there is a cascading effect here that we're going to have to talk about. But first off, I think it's worth kind of revisiting why are we stalled out and what is Carolina waiting on? Okay, so from what we could see, you know, what Elliot Friedman says and things, other things you hear 
Uh, right now, Eric Carlson's being pursued by two teams, Carolina and Pittsburgh. And it's ongoing. So that's a problem because Carlson's money is going to be an issue. How much is San Jose going to retain? Like, we don't know. It could be 22%. It could be 30%. It could be less than that. Like, you don't know the number. So to figure out the number is even hard for Carolina because they probably are negotiating that number every day. Well, we'll give you this. Well, we'll do that. Well, we'll do And it's all about not paying him as much as, you know, whatever I think he's making 11 that, you know, getting is, you know, to a number that you're happy with. So while they're doing that, it definitely puts the D'Angelo thing on the side, but let's just say for argument's sake, they were going to take Carlson and let's say it works out to like 9 million a year. So from what I hear, they can do something like that, but then you have Brett Pesci who they're trying to trade. And we hear that Nashville is the team that's interested. What if that breaks down? If that breaks down, then there's no room for Tony D'Angelo. And I think that's the problem. Yeah, and not even 50% of Tony D'Angelo. That's also the problem. Right. Yeah, not even that. Yeah. You know, when you consider the 50% salary retention supposedly in the deal right. that's on hold, like they couldn't even account for that. No. Um, and I think, you know, obviously Pittsburgh is, I think, more in a position to get Carlson right now, but Carolina is on the precipice here and they have been for the last several years. And so they're going to do everything in their power to try and win a Stanley cup. And Carlson could take them a long way towards that. So I don't like begrudge Carolina. No, you can't hold on well, Waddell to this either. Cause like they're crunching the numbers. I know what he said, uh, you know, at the draft or whatever, like it's going to happen, but he probably didn't know he'd be in this situation and probably didn't think it would last this long. I mean, you don't know when things like that are going to happen. Right. And then, you know, as far as any other potential deal in the mix for D'Angelo, it just doesn't seem like there's one out there. I think there was rumors at one point about maybe Toronto being in the mix, but that has gone away oh, yeah. pretty much. And so is is it really Carolina or nowhere? It does seem like Carolina or bust. It does. So then we have to talk about, well, what if Tony doesn't get traded? Right. So I think the first thing you have to look at is the cap, right? And what's the effect on the cap? Because that's $5 million that we're stuck with that you can't you know, get rid of if you keep him. Right. Uh, the player and then we still have a Morgan Frost contract to sign. So I think that that really puts a crunch on what the Flyers can afford to pay Morgan Frost. Right. So you figure based on what Kate's got, which is, I don't know, like 2.6 a year or something like that. And let's say the Flyers don't buy out D'Angelo when then there's only 1.2 left or something close to that, which is what Cap Friendly said as we were doing the show. So. That's not enough. Like Morgan Frost is going to get more than Cates. He had uh, 19 goals, like 46 points. He's been in the league longer. So you figure he's getting yeah. north of $3 million. You know, it's going to be like three points something. And so with that right. three point something, you're coming up short, right? Now, I think after camp and everything, when they, you know, get the LTIR money back, sure, they could do that. But then you're having Frost miss training camp and everything else. And it's not ideal, especially for a guy who is your second or third line center. However, you, you look at it and we're assuming Couturier is in the mix. If he's not, he could be a first line center. So you can't really do that. I don't think that's a good plan. 
So then you have to buy out D'Angelo. And if you buy out D'Angelo, then you're going to gain 3.33 back. So you'll have like 4.5, something like that. You'll give him 3.2 or 3 or something like that. And then you're back to having like that 1.2. And that's pretty much where you're going to start the season. Uh, it's a little better than it was before, but it's still not ideal because, again, uh, if they were to make a deal at the deadline, they can't really retain much. So when you can't retain much, um, you get less in deals as far as draft picks and other things. So they're still, you know, they're not out of cap purgatory this year, especially if they can't get rid of D'Angelo. Then that really does set them back. Yeah, it, I think it, it does put them in a better position, like you said, but it's it's still not ideal. No. Um, and if you're looking at that buyout, that's a 1.667 million cap hit, right, right for this year and next Correct. year. So it's something, you know, it's not a lot, but it's still, you know, it adds up. We've got the Hayes buyout, yep. you know, for or retained salary. Yeah, retained for salary. The next, yeah. For the next several years. So, you know, uh, that makes about $5 million total in retained salary between the two of them for the next And I'm assuming year. here, and look, I'm not an agent. I'm assuming because... Um, the Flyers had recent qualifying offers that they could do this other buyout with D'Angelo because before I don't think they could have done it. So yeah. I think I'm right about that. Some agent may let me know I'm wrong. And that's if that's the case, then they're just keeping them. And that's the worst case scenario is he's on there for the full $5 million, Then that means that either they have to make another move or Frost has to wait a little bit to hit the ice. Yeah, and all of that is not great, no. I think. So the, the Flyers are in a, a real difficult position here from a cap perspective. And I, I think it's something that Danny Breer is going to have to work on with the with the team in order to figure out what to do in order to get Morgan Frost signed. Because I think that's going to be essential for this upcoming season to carry them through this rebuild. You need a guy like Morgan yeah, Frost. Yeah, he has around. to be there. Like, it is essential, uh, especially because you probably at this point do view him um, having him at least on a three or four or five year deal down the line. So if he's not getting it this time, he's going to get it next year. So all of that to say it, it does affect the cap, but it also affects what the Flyers blue line looks like. So we're going to take a look at what the pairings would look like and what the depth looks like uh, over the next couple of segments. And we'll start with the existing Flyers Blue Line coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by a product that I literally use every day, AG1. Maybe you're like me, you want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. With one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This spe special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, recovery, focus, all those things. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it could be to your on your stomach. AG1 costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It 
If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. Just a heads up out there that next week we begin our off-season schedule for episodes. So we'll be hitting your feeds three times a week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, unless we tell you otherwise, if there's an adjustment. And I'll be surfing. No, I won't, but (laughs) nice thought. You'll be surfing the internet. Um, Right. We'll be looking at the Flyers' current plan, how past draft classes and current players fit into the picture. We'll have guests so much more over the rest of the summer. And then we'll kick back into five days a week as rookie camp begins at the end of the summer. Russ, looking at the main Flyers roster here in terms of defensemen that we'll have to be dealing with, we're kind of in an eight defenseman mode here because the Flyers picked up Sean Walker and Mark Stahl over this offseason, right? And then we they did not trade Travis Sanheim. So we have Sanheim and Risto. We've got York, Sealer, Walker, Stahl, and then Tony D'Angelo. Plus, there's the Igor Zamula factor because mm-hmm. he cannot go through waivers. So right it is going to be a difficult thing for them to not put him on the main roster or park him in Lehigh Valley the whole season, which is not ideal either. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a tough one to deal with. And I know that they planned on getting rid of D'Angelo. And for some reason, if that's not the plan now, or that changes, it's a lot of guys. It is. And so if you're looking at who the initial pairings are, I feel like they're going to stick with Sanheim and Risto, at least to start off with. Yeah, I would think so. And I don't know if that's your top pairing or your second pairing, because um, who you're potentially pairing Cam York with now that Provy is gone, I don't know if that's going to constitute a top pairing, right? Right. So... I think you got to go with Sandheim and Risto. And then I think what you're going to end up doing is I think you might go with Walker and put York back on his regular side. Yeah. On the left side. I think you may go with that. And then you go with Stahl and whoever the other, you know, it's going to be mixing around Stahl, Sealer, you know, and whoever it might be that day. I think that's probably the way I see it at least. Yeah. I think, I think that's, Completely it. I feel like, though, we then have to add the factor of who does John Tortorella like versus who does he not like that we know of. And then it's kind of a mystery as far as who he'll latch on to in terms of the new guys around. We know he's worked with Mark Stahl before. So is that going to be a sealer stall bottom pairing just by default because we know that John Tortorella likes them? I feel like 85% of the time it will be. I, I think that's kind of what we're looking at, which puts yeah. D'Angelo and Zamula, you know, in the press box for right. for a lot of the games. And it also prevents you from having an additional forward to draw from, right? Because if right. you have 8D on the roster, I think that's going to be tough to manage as far as having additional forwards 
uh, allowed to be in your rotation. And I just, you know, just trying to think of any way that Tony D'Angelo actually gets ice time in this scenario when I know that John Tortorella. Yeah. Like injuries. Yeah. That's it. Because I know that John Tortorella, while, you know, he's had some doubts in Zamula's game is absolutely behind him and wants him to grow and be able to take those opportunities. We know that for a fact. Yeah, you could see that. Yeah. That he's somebody that that Tortorella is very keen on getting into the mix. Um, I I just don't see there being any room for Tony D'Angelo to get the ice time save for injuries. No, he could get the Frankie Corrado treatment, like just, you know, be in the box most of the year. Which is what he did at the tail end of the season this past True. year. Uh, so it wouldn't change things fundamentally, but it just $5 million for that roster spot sitting in the box just does not feel great, I'm going to say. No, it doesn't. And that's why you would think that they're probably not going to do that. Uh, now, maybe the Flyers would get desperate and... You see, here, here's the other problem. Like, I'm doing this in my head, and I'm like, okay, well, what if they retain more than 50%? You got to still have enough to pay Frost. So you can't go much more than 50. You might be able to go 60. If you go 60, is there another team? Like, you know, basically we're discounting uh, a used car here. Like, this is what, <laughs> what it feels like we're doing here, um, just so we can get it to move off the lot. And I don't know. I don't know, you know, what it's going to take. Yeah, and also, I just don't see any of the Flyers' current defensemen that could pair well with D'Angelo enough to account for his weaknesses at all. Right, because like Walker and D'Angelo are similar. I think Walker's a little better defensively, but they're similar. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I didn't think D'Angelo did well with really anybody last year. Maybe Provorov for a little while, right? Yeah, yeah, and to put that on cam york when what we want to do with cam york this season is get his offense going a little bit you can't do that when he has to be defensively responsible to make up for tony d'angelo yeah i mean if i had to make up somebody i would say he probably could do it with stall but just because stall could you know pretty much deal with anything but again it's not ideal it's just not no none of this is ideal at all and it it also makes you just think about the flyers blue line overall in terms of strength and and weakness and i understand that this season as we know it's early days in the rebuild so the expectations are not high but at a certain point you have to be able to put something in front of the goaltending that's not going to wear the goaltending down Right. I mean, that's the thing is you're trying to protect Carter Hart and then whoever the backup is. And so, yeah, you because I felt like even last year, Hart took too much of a beating in the games that he played. Like guys just rushing the net. You know, Mark Stahl will, will head off a lot of that. And, and that's good. So he's going to be in the lineup a lot for that. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I mean. You know, there's not a lot of room for D'Angelo. Yeah, especially those defensive zone face-offs. I think Stahl yes. will be out there quite a bit um, yeah. for, for those situations. So, yeah, I think it's it's just a, a real conundrum here. And I think based on all of that, all signs kind of point to a buyout if they can't get a deal done. Uh, again, it's not a great hit to take, especially for the salary cap next season. 
as well uh, when you're trying to take a step forward and then you're stuck with five million in, in dead cap space. That is not great. Uh, but it may be, you know, an unfortunate consequence uh, of of this and of ultimately going back to the deal that was signed for D'Angelo in the first place. It's just, it's an evil circle. And, you know, Flyers, basically, they're just waiting on Carolina, man. They're just, that's it. They're, you know, if if Carolina, now, if, if Carlson goes to Pittsburgh, easy peasy. That's done. Right. But if he goes to Carolina, that still complicates things. I know. And it's not often that I wish for good things for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but I'm going to do it now and say <laughs> I hope that Carlson goes to Pittsburgh so that all of this is moot and and the Flyers and, and the Canes, for that matter, decide that this is a, a deal that can finally go through. Yeah. Uh, if the, in the meantime, we have to figure out how this then affects the depth at Blue Line and all of the prospects that Danny Breer was talking about wanting to get a shot on the Blue Line. And we will do that coming up next. So, Russ, that leaves us with kind of the main depth at Blue Line. We start with Victor Mate, who was signed to a two-way deal. He might be a first call-up option, but then I think like your next four defensemen, um, and they split evenly, right-handed and left-handed, um, which kind of works out, I guess. But you have so you have Ronnie Adderd, Adam Jinning, Emil Andre, and Helge Granz. Those are your next four defensemen, right? Yeah, I, I agree. And again, now if those other things with D'Angelo didn't happen. None of these guys are getting called up unless two guys get injured and then they're going to still sit in the press box most likely. So it's like that would really complicate that. But I think you do have the depth right. And then I guess Samolik is the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I would put him below all of these guys. Yes, I would too. Um, So that's, yeah, that's, that's what you're looking at. And it's pretty good. I think it's improved. You do have some NHL talent on there. So, yeah, it gives them a, you know, I think a little bit more mobile blue line. And certainly Andre kicks up the offense a lot. And then you've got some power play guys here. The only thing you're lacking is some real, like, Jinning is really good on defense. He's a yeah. rock solid defensive guy. Adder's pretty good. But, you know, with the pace issue, still has things to work on. Maybe that'll work itself out this year. Maybe the speed will be a little better. After that, the defense is, is not going to be fantastic, the actual defense. Right. And so that's where I feel like Jinning really has the upper hand here as far yeah. as this depth and who could potentially get the call up because he is the best at defense of, of this group. And um, unfortunately, what that means for some of the guys with more offensive prowess that you want to see just from an entertainment and also from a getting points on the board perspective with the Flyers, because I think that's something they could struggle with this year mightily. Um, you know, that puts Emil Andre kind of on the backseat. And I think that, you know, Ronnie Adderd has his moments with taking powerful shots as well. Um, I think that there's, you know, some of the weaknesses we've seen with his speed um, could come into play there. But I just think from an excitement factor of who fans might want to see, <laughs> Um, th this D'Angelo situation is cascading down to that, right? Well, and we forget, like, Louis Belpedio is not going to be missing time because they love him. So that that is going to 
change this too. So Zamolik probably then is the guy out unless they really do need a, a more physical guy. So he's in the mix too. Yeah, I think, you know, there, there's a lot going on there. I don't know that Belpedio is a call-up guy. I, I think that, you know... I don't think he is, but, you know, you never know. He has yeah, NHL experience. Like, I just, I don't think he is either, but I just had to bring his name up just because he's played in the NHL. Well, I, I, that's fair. I, I just think that based on everything we've heard, what they'll want to do is get the prospects up and get them ice time if the opportunity arises. But again, we have this roadblock here <laughs> of Tony yeah. D'Angelo unless they buy him out. So I think that, you know, I, I would, to be realistic, suggest that we might not see some of these prospect defensemen until midseason at the early. Yeah, I think that's fair because I think, or at least after the deadline, because I think after the deadline, they'll certainly make some moves. Um, maybe they'll trade Nick Sealer. I know there was at least one gasp in the audience, maybe one, um, but that's, I think the coach would gasp. <laughs> and I think at some point you have to start looking at that, you know, and then D'Angelo will certainly, if he still were on the team, this is, you know, we don't know. Uh, they certainly would try and move him again at the deadline. Uh, and, and probably at that point would be successful. And then, yeah, you'd have some room. So again, I, I feel like this would just be a repeat of this past season in terms of when we'd see some of these prospects. And, uh, you know, I think it could be a good thing depending on how they're looking. I'm not saying it, it's, you know, a necessary thing to get these guys in sooner rather than later. I, I definitely want to see a month or two of them at the, in the phantoms to see how they're performing and to see what. Yeah, I mean, over marinating is not necessarily the worst thing here. It's just it all depends how it's done. Like it, it really does. Yeah. So that's why I think really looking at Adam Jenning as the most likely candidate to get ice time earlier makes a lot of sense just based on skill set alone and mm -hmm. what the flyers could be looking at. Um, and, and then kind of going from there and, and making sure that these guys get the ice time that they need at the phantoms level in order to make it very clear who deserves a call up, who will get that call up. And, you know, it, presuming it's an injury situation that will lead to it being necessary. But then in the meantime, th there's still the Victor Matei factor, which we haven't yeah. really addressed. No, there is that factor, because if he were to do really well, uh, he still could be the first guy they call up, even over a guy like Jenning, just to, you know, get a little more punch into the lineup. Uh, that is possible. Uh, you know, if Gron's even starts mm -hmm. looking great like he's played in the nhl so you know they have a lot of options here you just it's actually for a guy like adder and andre um like again i don't care if andre plays at all with the fan with the flyers this year him getting a full year in the ahl would be fine by me so he really does um settle in as far as adder goes you know he's the wild card here because if he's still lacking a little bit, then he probably doesn't deserve to be up in the NHL just yet. And he's going to be, you know, even a little bit more of a project and that's fine. But if he's, you know, looking a little faster and he's kind of like ready and he's pushing it, then you're going to feel bad about the log jam. But, you know, that's down the road.
Yeah, I think so as well. Again, all things that are a result of this Tony D'Angelo problem we have. Hopefully it gets resolved soon either way. The six degrees of Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. Um, that is where we are. All right. Wrapping up with a Flyers fun thing. We haven't done that in a little bit, but the Phantoms put out a schedule release video that's kind of fun. It's a drone video, um, like swooping through the... Uh, the arena in Allentown and it's uh it's pretty cool. So highly recommend that you watch it. In the meantime, the arena is empty though, right? Um yes, but they do have like the PA announcer there, the broadcaster no, that's there, fine. play, you know, players in the hallways, like people I yeah. saw somebody do a drone uh situation once with a full house and that was a little scary cuz nobody knew it was happening and people started ducking. Oh, God. It was really I forget what sport it was, if it was baseball or hockey. It was bad, though. It was bad. Yeah. Now, this is a good one, though. I enjoyed yes. it. Uh, so that will do it for today's show. Uh, Everydayers uh, will be back on Monday with the latest Flyers news, maybe Tony D'Angelo news. Uh, we will also have our nemesis of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russum at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great weekend, everybody.